Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm PT Carroll, and together we are Three Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ringer MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Trial by Content, it's the podcast where we force our favorite pop culture to compete in the Coliseum of Contentious Opinion, so we can all decide what wins. Each week, your three humble hosts will debate a pop culture topic, set the specific rules, and rumble until a consensus is reached. Then, with input from you, the listener base, we'll smash together our nominations with yours and determine a final four-nominee poll that will enter Trial by Content and decide the true answer for all time. Hello, I'm Dave Gonzalez. I'm Joanna Robinson. And I am Neil Miller. This week, we know there is a quest, and that quest requires a fellowship of people with very specific skills and a wild card. We might not be rolling D20s, but we are forming an adventure party made of fantasy characters that have appeared on screen in one way or another, because we all know, given any specific topic, I am not reading any books. Instead of debating, we are drafting this week (laughs) which means the first obstacle our fellowship faces is each other. But first, what was the best TV holiday special? We let you decide. Joanna, how did we do? Well, pour one out for Neil's cherished Emmett Otter's (sighs) Jug Band Christmas. My poor sweet Emmett. (laughs) Coming in really just barely above that uh, (laughs) are Tim and Don in an iconic television moment that the kids just don't understand. My pick of the office UK Christmas special part two. Dave fared much better with the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer stop motion uh, pick, but crashing in the first place. The listener, I think it's two two weeks in a row, an absolute massacre from the listeners. Uh, Rosie's pick of Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas came in with 51 Point two percent of the vote. Wow. Wild. Fantastic. Good job, Rosie. So that is how. So if you're going to watch something this holiday, make it the Grinch. Love it. Love that for yeah. you. Um, another opportunity uh, for you to watch something this holiday season is Willow, the TV series that is premiered on Disney Plus from Lucasfilm. This is the follow up to the 1988 Film starring Warwick Davis and Val Kilmer. Warwick Davis is back. Val Kilmer, question mark? I don't know. Mad Mardigan's missing. We'll see. Um, the first, as we're recording this, the first two episodes have aired. By the time you hear this, a third episode, I believe, will have dropped. We're going to keep our discussion mostly those first two that uh, Dave and Neil have seen. Um, so let's just start 
at the very beginning with you, Neil Miller, telling me, A, what the Willow film means to you, and then Mm. B, your general uh, enjoyment of these first two episodes. Yeah, well, I'm so glad that you asked what it means to me, because this is one of the classic sort of growing up in my household movies. What's interesting about it is throughout most of my life, I don't think I've watched a lot as an adult, and uh, I can never remember plot details beyond there's a character named Willow, and Mad Mardigan is there, and there's a baby. So it's always sort of fun to go back and uh, and rewatch Willow because uh, it fills in a lot of uh, things that I've forgotten. But you know, it's a delight. It's it's a movie that um, I just always remember fondly as being one of the great adventure movies. My I remember my mom had a huge crush on Mad Mardigan, like everyone's mom at the time. There in the late eighties, <laughs> had a crush on Val Kilmer. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's a classic, but I, I don't know if I've ever thought of Willow as like an untouchable classic, right? Like when they announced this new series, I wasn't like, oh my God, Pearl Clutch, how dare they, my Willow. (laughs) I was like, well, Willow's enjoyable. And, you know, as long as Warwick Davis shows up for this and, uh, they bring back some other folks, maybe it'll be fun. And I think that's sort of where they've landed where, um, uh, with this new series, which is, it's fun. It's fun to be back with Warwick Davis and the character of Willow and this world. It's going to be interesting to watch them build it out. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it is playing on the nostalgia and I think working so far. Follow-up question for Dave Gonzalez. Yeah. Given that you are a Lord of the Rings expert and a Star Wars Lucasfilm expert. Uh-huh, sure, um, yeah. How do you feel about this as George Lucas's, like, 1988 Willow? as George Lucas's attempt to like, let's make Lord of the Rings, but not pay for the rights to Lord of the Rings. I love Willow. For the record, for anyone listening to this who is who does not listen to the Ringerverse, I talk about how much I love Willow all the time. So this is this is this is a question that comes from a place of love. This uh, is Dave. setting a trap for Dave to walk into a <laughs> uh, part of the show. Um, yeah, no, I also like Willow. And I think the main difference between those two things is uh, Tolkien obviously loved language and world building and had a lot of that on his mind. And it, there are definitely parts of the Lord of the Rings books that are adapted out of the television series because they're sort of dramatically inert for certain reasons. Uh, whereas I think Willow does not have that problem. Uh, like everything Lucasfilm does, especially when it was under George George's hand itself, Um, it is so much more about what could be done visually and cinematically, even if it doesn't make uh, the greatest sense from a world-building point. Uh, I always felt that George Lucas thought that was the audience's job, uh, a la the first Star Wars. uh, He wrote like a space bar with a whole bunch of weird aliens in it. And now in the year of our Lord, you know, 2022, you could look up the backstories from all those aliens and they all have names and stuff. That um, The Willow, the movie, I also don't remember its plot too well, uh, but I watched it a lot because it was one of those right on the edge of traumatizing movies, uh, especially because of its various transformations. Uh, Willow, while he's learning sorcery, uh, can transform things, but not always into what he wants. And then Bav Morda uh, turns Matt Mardigan into a pig. Uh, and I believe that looked Everyone very Everyone into a pig. The yeah. whole army yeah. goes pig. 
that looked uh, very <laughs> painful to me as a child. And then the troll that becomes a blob and that blob becomes a two-headed dragon also really uh, impressed on me as a child. So I'm looking forward to some of that happening uh, on Willow, uh, even though right now we're sort of uh, magic light because we need to rediscover that in the world, at least where we are after these first two episodes. So Willow the film, 1988 film, centers on character of Willow, off good, played by Warwick Davis, who is now in which... Uh, which is like essentially the hobbits in the Shire. And he discovers uh, a baby with a with a portentous birthmark uh, who is being hunted down by the evil queen Babmorda, um, you know, because there's a prophecy that this baby will be her undoing. Uh, the evil queen Babmorda sends her daughter, Sersha, who is a, you know, kick-ass warrior lady out to hunt down this baby. Um, and Willow goes out into the wide world for the first time in his life and encounters a rogue, a very Han Solo-esque Mad Mardigan, played by Val Kilmer. And so a little fellowship is formed out of Mad Mardigan, Willow, some brownies, a sorceress named Finn Rizal. I'm doing this all at the top of my head. Um, and they, <laughs> I am, <laughs> all to protect the baby who is named Alora Dannon. Um, that name might sound familiar to fans of Reservation Dogs. Um, Hell yeah. And yeah, and then there's a battle, and guess what? The good guys win. So it is very Lord of the Rings. It is very Star Wars. It is very, it's very much like magpieing, you know, like the Sorsha Mad Mardigan romance is very Han and Leia. Like it's just, it's magpieing all this stuff that works and putting it together in a package that I love that it, that, and it still hits with, I've heard from a lot of people who showed it to their kids now and it still hits with kids now. So it's like a really kid friendly um, enterprise. I'm not sure it's like a huge smash success with like adults who have never seen it before in their lives. But like if you find it as a kid, Willow like really sinks its teeth into you. The TV series takes place many years later. Laura Dannon is uh, a young adult now, though she has been hidden away. And uh, a fellowship forms once again um, because a young prince has been stolen. So let's go get the prince and make sure Laura Dannon's safe. And that's what happens. And that's what we're going to talk about fellowships today. Um, Dave, what do you want to tell me about like, the interesting thing about both Willow, the movie, and Willow, the TV series, is this question of, like, you mentioned that Tolkien loves language. There are certain fantasy properties like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones where you have a very clear sense of where they sit sort of in the vernacular of a time period. And then you have stuff like A Knight's Tale, which really, like, sort of, or Ella Enchanted, which are films that are, like, have a fantasy setting, but really try to rope in modern sensibilities and oftentimes modern language as well. Um, Where does Willow set in that line? And how do you, like, do you enjoy, like, when you're watching a fantasy thing, do you want them to talk like they're in the first Thor movie? Or can it it be otherwise for you? I think it has to be uh, rooted in something in order to make that leap. Uh, I don't, go under the assumption that a made-up world is old because they're using swords, you know? Um, It's, uh, but like, uh, Lord of the Rings, obviously, was written by a linguist, so I feel like that's important. And then I think uh, Game of Thrones gets away with it because it's pulling so much from actual European history to sort of re-dramatize it and sprinkle in some dragons and make it more uh, dramatically forward uh, for us. I was 
a little weirded out uh, by the first episode of Willow on Disney Plus um, for how modern all the young characters uh, felt uh, in comparison to my memory of the movie Willow. But it very quickly stopped bothering me because it's just, at least from what I've seen so far, um, just sort of using it as a uh, shorthand to what the character uh, should be and how the character should come across to us. Uh, maybe sometimes it's uh, the words are doing more work than the actors are doing, but at least there's some sort of anchoring there. And because there's nothing in the world of Willow uh, that uh, parallels, you know, they're not running across Battlestar Galactica like they're not running across old versions of Earth or anything like that. Um, I it doesn't bother me yet. No Statue of Liberty on a beach somewhere. Right. <laughs> you've told me some stuff uh, about other episodes that you've seen in terms of uh, anachronistic dialogue that does sound a little bit weird to me, but I have to see how it comes across uh, because, you know, it, all of these, like, the good myths get updated. Nobody's reading the original Beowulf if it's not for school, you know? Nobody's reading that for fun. Um, nobody's getting a grasp How on old English. <laughs> dare you? I guarantee there's somebody listening to this podcast who has read Beowulf for fun. Well, person who is reading old Be- original Beowulf for fun, uh, you don't have to vote for me this week. I understand, uh, but I stand by my <laughs> statement. <laughs> No, what do you think in terms of like the kids? How are these kids striking you? It's 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 big shoes to fill because like our main care, our main people in the original uh, film, Warwick Davis, Val Kilmer, crushing it. Joanne Wally, who be- then became Joanne Wally Kilmer as Sorsha, uh, crushing it. Like these are these are big, bruising, charismatic performers. We've got a crop of young performers who haven't don't have a very long CV though Warwick Davis was very he was 17 when he made Willow um how are these kids striking you and follow-up question how do you feel about their grime level (laughs) well I mean there's there's a lot here um I like the cast but there's there's a lot of things I like about them one uh it's a pretty magnetic group and they all seem to sort of fit their characters really well I like that it's an expanded fellowship, right? It's not just a Mad Mardigan and Willow going to the countryside. That's sort of one of the things about Willow that, you know, even though there are many characters that come in and out, it's not always like a big traveling party. So I like that we get a little bit more. I also really enjoyed the sort of creative choice to spend a little time with those characters in the first episode before we pick up Warwick Davis, uh, before we get to Willow. And, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't, you know, wait to like the third or fourth episode to get to Willow. You got to get there in the first, you know, episode. But they did a good job of 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 creating the of giving us some time to acclimate to those characters. And yeah, I noticed the the modern dialogue thing as well. And while it does is noticeable and does bother me, I prefer this to making these young actors try to do some sort of accent. <laughs> Right. Like, what have we learned from a lot of our fantasy TV shows over the last couple of years? It's like forcing the accent isn't a great idea. So, just if they're American, let them be American. Counterpoint Ali Bamber, who plays Dove, mm-hmm. is British and doing an American accent. 
why? <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know how to explain that one. <laughs> it's more just like if it's an American ex, uh, American accent, sure. don't force them to do a British I agree accent. with that. I always agree with that. But don't make the Brits <laughs> sound American. Why? If she's the one uh, British actress who is allowed to use her actual accent, wouldn't we be like, oh, I know who you actually are. You're the... The promised princess, like right off the bat. Maybe, but Sorsha, but Sorsha has a British accent. You know what I mean? Like the the castle accents are not consistent, right? Because like Princess Kit and her dumb brother have American accents, right? But Aaron Kellyman is British. All the like everyone on staff is British. Sorsha's British. So you want to tell me that like Kit and her brother got that from their dad, Kit and Eric. Named, named for a character from the first Willow movie. Kid and Eric got that from their dad, sure. But like, Alora Dan has been working in the kitchens. Like, shouldn't she sound like everyone else who works in the kitchens at this castle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, Ellie Bamber plays Laura Dan, and I don't know why I was skipping around that earlier. Sure, yeah. so we were well, talking about episodes one and two. It is very funny that... Um, that that was like a, a note attached to some of the like the the advanced screeners. This like don't reveal it. And I was I was half expecting that to be like something you don't find out until like way later in the season. But then in the first episode, they're like, oh, there she is. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, then. Yeah. I guess we don't have to worry about that mystery anymore. Uh, <laughs> what what tipped you off? Was it when she walked through the magical barrier that literally nobody else could walk through? Yeah, exactly. Was that the moment? <laughs> oh no! It was when Warwick Davis was like, "Hey, Laura, what's up?" <laughs> no, it was when in the first like five minutes of meeting her, it's all like a character gives her a nickname and people, every other character just starts calling her that nickname, which wasn't even her real name to begin with. And it's like, well, if she's got a throwaway name to start with, I'm sure she's. Anyway, here's my one problem for these kids. And it's a visual thing. We talk a lot about how, you know, George Lucas, very visual. Here's one thing that I don't think George Lucas would have stood for if he was making this is that every character looks extremely clean all the time, no matter how dirty the environment is. And it's another one of those. uh, Most of the dirt is digitally inserted, and most of those characters are not standing outside. Um, And I don't know. There's part of me that this doesn't bother, because it's Willow. It's like sort of a family thing, four-quadrant family thing from the 1980s. It's being rebooted. So like the bar for... You know, the CGI is not quite as high as a House of the Dragon, if you will. But can we just throw some dirt on these characters? Can we make those costumes look like they've been outside like once? Let's just like (laughs) Val Kilmer is so filthy in the original Willow. And especially when you first meet Madden Mardigan, he's been in a cage for like however long. His teeth are like visibly mossy. Like it is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And it's part of it's part of how the character wins us over is that he's so charming that he can be that dirty and we're still like, yeah, we want to hang out with this guy more. Grime him up. Yeah. You know, maybe they're saving it for the back half of the season, <sighs> but we'll see. My favorite like the standout performer for me of all the people that we meet is um Amar Chata Patel who plays Borman. Um, who is this guy who gets liberated from the prisons by Sorsha to go on this fellowship. Um, did you guys have an MVP of the first couple episodes that you saw? I mean, I think he's up there because um, that character is really fun, even though they really sort of jump in really quickly with that character without explaining why he was locked up um, to the point where I was like watching it. And I was like, wait, is this just like a warrior that she keeps like chained up? Is this like a weird kink thing or what's going on here? Turns out he's just a thief. But yeah, he Sasha. is okay. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Um, so yeah, he's fun. I also was just delighted that it's um, what's her what's the actress's name who plays Sorsha? Joanne um, Wally. Joanne Wally. Uh, back. You know, I was obviously expecting uh Warwick Davis to come back, but I don't know if I was expecting any of these other characters to come back. Right? I mean, especially not like Val, but uh, you know, I I was I thought she she did a good job of slipping right back into that character. Dave MVP. Give Aaron Kellyman better roles. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Loved her in Solo. Don't like Solo. Loved her in Falcon of the Winter Soldier. They did horribly by her character. I hear there's some promise. I don't think uh, it's necessarily been fucked up yet. But uh, why is she not in everything at this point? Um, Aaron Kellyman plays forever. Yeah, plays Jade. The would be knight who yeah. is Kit's love interest. In love with Kit. In love with Kit. Which everybody seems fine with. Like that was just another option if she wasn't betrothed. Like no one's been like, Ugh, what two girls, girl knights. Yeah, homo- homo- homophobia doesn't seem to exist in Willow Land. <laughs> no one has been killed us. via hate crime yet. <laughs> yeah, but, let them. You know. Let them talk however they want if they're going to leave hate crimes <laughs> yeah, out of it. You know what? You know what? It's a great point. You make a really good point. And something that like someone, you know, I, I, I have my complaints about Willow and then there's things that I enjoy about Willow, the TV series. But like something that someone pointed out to me was that like in a very like heavy depressive, especially like coming off of. Um, <laughs> producer Carlos is like no Kristen Cole in this world. That is a huge plus. <laughs> uh, in terms of no hate crimes and no Kristen Cole here to murder someone via hate crime. But um the uh that that like a lot of the fantasy or even like Star Wars properties that we've gotten recently have been very bleak. And I love bleak Andor and I love Bleak House of the Dragon and stuff like that. I would argue that Rings of Power had a bit more hope laced in there, but you know, whatever. Um, but that that Willow is ultimately like a very hopeful property and always has been. Um, Neil, how do you feel about that? Like, do you do you like a little light fantasy entertainment here at the end of the year? I do. I like a I like a balance. I was thinking about this uh, earlier. I was having a conversation about House of the Dragon and Rings of Power and how they sort of fit together, right? Like one of them had a little bit different, more positive adventure energy, and the other one was you know super violent and gross and House of the Dragon. <laughs> Uh, all the way. <laughs> so <laughs> I like it. I mean, you know, I love what they did with Andor, right? That was uh, just sort of the the right perspective that we needed on the Star Wars universe. The goal of Willow it, it, to me is very different. It, the goal of Willow is just to sort of have a good time, go on an adventure with your friends and conquer some evil that probably won't live up to the iconic look of Bab Morda from the original movie, but will you know, as long as it's the, some of the action at the end is cool, it kind of doesn't matter who the villain is. We're just, we're here to go on this adventure with our fellowship. So um, I think that's all Willow has to accomplish, right? Willow's hopeful, but it 1988 Willow also came out in the era of 80s fantasy that was like allowed to be pretty fucking scary. Like you could turn all of the good guys into pigs if you wanted to, Um, you know, and you could have like David Bowie goblin kinging around and you could have the fucking wheelers and return to Oz, et cetera, et cetera. Like the scary 80s. Um, How much is like the evil fog and the gales and the bone reavers and all of that that we see in Willow here? Live up to that. And and does that go hand in hand with the hopefulness of that we're looking for? 
Uh, yeah, I really like the Gales. I think they're a great addition. This Willow feels uh, a lot more uh, like a D&D prompt. Uh, you got to go there, save the prince, fight some evil things that you don't really know about. And so therefore, um, the like crow. that first battle scene with the Gales, <laughs> where it's like, this is the magic one, and this is the one with the whips, and this is the one with the cage on his head. Uh, I dig the sort of <laughs> idea that there's going to be uh, these mini bosses before we get to whatever crone is. But luckily, they've uh, been um, voice altering the crone, so we know for sure she's evil. This isn't like a mixed, you know, we're not going to, I doubt, I'm not going to say we're not going to because I haven't seen anything. I doubt we're going to have a situation where these it's two sides of a of a better world for, you know, Middle Earth, or for whatever it is that we've been yeah. used to seeing. And you, and you don't think there's a secret crone somewhere in our fellowship? <laughs> One of these kids mean, isn't the crone in disguise. That would be interesting. Sexy crone, let's go. Sexy Tony, crone. Tony Revolori. <laughs> Tony Revolori. Sexy crone. <laughs> I love that our yeah. minds went to the same exact actor for that. <laughs> Um, unhand uh, my lobby boy anyway <laughs> but yeah I think it's gonna be it's slightly more simple but it allows these creatures to be uh, power and design based and I don't necessarily need you know I didn't get a history of the trolls in the first one I don't need that for my uh, villain characters once you start complicating your universe you start getting questions like the ones rings of power raise which is like were we wrong to just assume orcs are bad and like that's not where I want this series to go at all. Uh, okay, good against but I evil. I love that about Rings of Power. <laughs> well, yeah, me too. But it, it had to exist as you know, books and movies and some animated versions first. Dave, were we wrong to assume what was evil? Orcs. Uruk. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's all. I want to say about Willow. Is there anything else you guys want to say about Willow? It's a fine, it's a fine time at the Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun, fine time. Most of it looks pretty good. There was some dark stuff, uh, but as Dave mentioned, they they spent time uh, in that darkness introducing uh, individual mini bosses with all their different talents. So it it was it was fine. I I think the scale looks pretty good, and it feels like most of the stuff that's going to be even remotely expensive about this show will happen in the back half. I'm waiting to see which one of the characters gets to have the first genuinely good sword fight or if that exists on this series. Because editing is doing a lot of work these first two episodes in terms of that. Um, and maybe that's not where they uh, chose to put their stunt money, which I would understand. But if I do have a hope uh, coming up, it's... Uh, let let Kellyman use her sword. Uh, let in a Kellyman way. fight. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and in terms of like the mini boss sort of adventure of the week stuff, which like reminds me a lot of like I don't know, like Xena and Hercules, or like a lot of other like old fantasy shows that I like, where it's like we meet a different or or a- Avatar and Korra. Like let's meet a different culture every week and engage with that. This is a road. We're on the road. This is a road show. Road. TV show. Um, so we have people like Hannah, Hannah Waddingham gets an episode appearance, Christian Slater, you know, like you're going to have like some fun people pop up for an episode to like give us a little adventure um, as we, as we go along with our main crew. So that's really fun. All right. Willow, we did it. Now we will do a debate 
that is actually a draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get into this. Now that we've talked about the this week's uh, peg or in, the inspiration for this debate, it is time to assemble our fantasy fellowships this is our first uh, attempt at a draft here on Trial by Content. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but the rules are fairly simple. Uh, your hosts are participating in a snake-style draft. Uh, our producer, Carlos, will decide drafting order. Uh, I'm pretty sure he knows this at this point. But Carlos, you're on the hook for that in a minute. Um, and then, so we will draft our teams. We will all need to have a leader, a fighter, a user of magic, and a wild card. And the rule for us hosts is that we are not allowed to overlap. So we can't all take uh, Batman. <laughs> because <laughs> we know that that would win. Actually, that would throw the poll into complete chaos if every team had Batman. Every anyway, team had a Batman. Yes. We're looking for, to fill these roles, characters from movies or TV or video games in the fantasy genre. And then once we're done with all that, we are going to choose, because we've got so many wonderful listener submissions, we're going to choose a fourth team from the uh, fully formed teams that you sent us at trialbycontent at gmail.com. So let's let's first get the order out of the way. Carlos. Carlos. Hello. All right. Uh, so I did this completely randomly, so there's no... Uh, yes. Great. Arguing. <laughs> so there's no arguing. I mean, we, we might argue any. I can't guarantee I won't argue, but let's hear. Uh, well, you're not going to argue because you're first, Joanna. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so Joanna's perfect, first. And then Dave. System. And then oh, Neil. Great. Yay. But Happy birthday, okay. Neil. The snake means I get to draft twice in a row. So Yeah, twice on the turn. All right. So I guess... Um, I'm going first and we can, yeah. So, so the rules of the draft, right. Are, uh, you can fill any, uh, phrasing. You can fill any position you want, uh, anytime. So I'm starting. This is, I really needed to go first to get what I wanted for leader. I was pretty sure. So I am drafting for my leader, Aragorn, son of Arathorn. Right. as the leader of my party. Aragorn from the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm putting that on the board. Dave, you're on the clock. Who's your first pick? Ooh, uh, my first pick. I am going to take a wild card, but also from Lord of the Rings. Uh, I'm taking Tom Bombadil, the the, the voice. Of- <laughs> That's okay. No, 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 no. I'm joking. Tom Bombadil's not on screen. I was just throwing you guys. <laughs> I was like, have you lost your entire mind and forgotten how to draft? <laughs> he, yeah. he did say that this was going to be a weird list. Yeah, no, I was I was joking. But it is still a weird list. Uh, I'm picking Beetlejuice as my wild card. Oh, wow. Again, again. Oh, never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll teach you how to draft later. <laughs> Beetlejuice. I won't teach you how to draft while I'm actively competing <laughs> with you. This is what we get for not having anyone be in charge or have like veto power. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, surely he's gonna pick something, but all of mine are out of left field. None of you are picking yeah. any of mine. I'll be very surprised if that happens. All right. Well, I, I'm. I'm. Wait, gonna wait, wait, wait. Can I? I yeah. mean, this is not a debate. I just am curious. What do you feel like Beetlejuice is bringing to your campaign, Dave? Oh, uh, he's got the power of reaching into the netherworld and snapping, but is obviously a wild card, not a magic user, because he's. Beetlejuice. Well, so, to be clear, with a wild card, it can be a repeat of another category. 
So you could yeah. you could just call him your second magic user. Well, sure. I'm just saying I wasn't going to use him as my primary magic user because he's too wild for that. And like if he accidentally marries another member of my party, then like <laughs> we offset the balance of hell. <laughs> you know, it's all it's all it's going to be difficult. But uh, I do like uh, his sense of style and uh, his ability to help out the party. And you know, maybe we all dance uh, before we before we take on some things. Some some trials. We did discuss before we started recording that possibly a bonus point. I don't know who would assign such bonus point. Maybe Carlos goes to the most fuckable team. <laughs> so that's uh, <laughs> it's part part of what we're playing here. Just that's the shadow game of this draft. Sure, sure. Mm. it's hard All to right. know wh- which way Beetlejuice takes you on that spectrum. That is true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dave said style, but he's going up against Aragorn right now. So I don't know sure. what to tell you. So maybe I have an excellent leader who's super fuckable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Is it Sunfire, right. the most fuckable dragon in all of Westeros? Hey, listen, let's not spoil it. Into dragons. Okay. Yet. All right. Um, all right. All right. Well, for my first pick, I am honestly surprised that this character is still on the board. I am going directly to the user of magic category, and I am taking Gandalf, the tallest, bestest friend, wizard friend you could you could have. He always wants you to follow your nose. He's there when you need him. You can look to the east on the fifth day, and he will show up and save your ass if you're in a battle. Uh, so yeah, I'm just I'm taking Gandalf. I honestly, this doesn't have to be any specific Gandalf, but I do love the confidence of Gandalf the White. Like, there's just like a certain level of like I'm Saruman, but like the better version of Saruman that. I love getting from Gandalf the White when he shows up in Two Towers. Except he's forgotten how to smoke his years in between worlds. Listen, uh, do you think that Gandalf, a man who has smoked the best pipe weed in Middle Earth, wouldn't eventually find his way back to it? I think he will. Yeah, all right. All I don't right. know. He kind of he fucks off from Middle Earth pretty quickly after that's, becoming Gandalf the White. That's true. <laughs> so I'm taking Gandalf. Uh, all right. That uh, the snake draft means I get to go twice in a row. I'm very excited about this. I've filled my user of magic. I hate to take two Lord of the Rings characters in a row, but it's going to happen. We're really Tolkien heavy here. We are. (laughs) I am going into my leader category, and I am taking Galadriel, the second age edition from Rings of Power. Because a messy bitch who loves yes. drama. <laughs> I am not just looking for an experienced, capable leader with you know many, many years of, of field work in the hunting and killing of orcs. I'm also looking for someone who can do sweet horse tricks. But also, it's not just that she can do sweet horse tricks. It's that she still has that pure joy of what it's like to ride a horse. A rare thing in Middle Earth at the time. Um, and then this is the first of my picks that will come with uh, potential bonus encounters. Because if you are second age Galadriel, then you may have bonus encounters along the way with sexy Sauron. So I'm just saying, no, no, no. he's not I on know. the team. Listen, we just may meet listen. him. <laughs> this is like this is like Neil trying to be like the Neil assist sort of <laughs> mentality, or the or the classic Mallory Rubin smuggle. You're not allowed to smuggle sexy Sauron in oh, under yes, Galadriel's <laughs> flowing sleeve. Uh, this is only the beginning. Is all I have to say. Also, uh, I would like to I would like to introduce a new rule here in the middle of the draft. I feel like Neil is now tapped out at 
Lord of the Rings characters. I think your sure. your team cannot be over fifty percent the same from one property. property. That is yeah. that's a rule I I can totally agree to right now. Great. I also assume I don't know if that I have was any a other rule. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Dave. Ooh, cool. See, now I'm going to get into it. I'm taking uh, Toph from Avatar The Last Airbender as my fighter. Ooh, that's a good one. She's not encumbered by being underground. It's actually better. Maybe she might have some trouble if we were flying, but uh, spoiler for the rest of my team, I don't think we're going to be doing that. We're going to be on or below the ground. So I'm taking Toph the fighter. Follow-up question for you, Dave Gonzalez. And this is because I know you very well. How do you feel about the fact that Toph is not only like a cop, but like the founder of the cops in Republic City? Listen, by the time we revisit Republic City uh, in uh, Legend of Korra, she's decided not to do that. And as Penance has gone to uh, live in the wilderness and watch everybody through the roots. As I was saying with Willow, This isn't our world. It's a fictional world. If you accidentally cop and then realize it's bad and go away, (laughs) I can't hold that against you too much. Okay. Okay. Second follow-up question. Are we picking young, rash, Toph, cop Toph, or old lady swamp Toph? I'm picking young, rash, Toph, a la the series. She could be a little hot-headed, but I don't think she's going to out-wild Beetlejuice, and hopefully my leader can keep her in line. Yeah, you, you like hothead yeah. Galadriel and and hothead Young Toph are two interesting <laughs> people to have on a fellowship. Dave and I are looking for some messy adventures. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right, Joanna, you got two picks in a row here. No pressure. Um. Okay. I'm gonna start with my wild card wild card yeah i don't think anyone's gonna pick him but i really want to make sure i have him uh it's the i feel like every team needs some heart Mm -hmm. uh so i'm putting one mr samwise Gamgee on my uh fellowship team as my wild card that's that's the best place he could be spices (laughs) (laughs) it's got that that Shire Salt in his little, his yeah. little packety-pack. Yeah. He also, for the most part, is good at keeping track of Limbus bread. For the most part. For, no, that's, uh, oh, well, I guess we're doing on screen, so you're right. That's the one so thing right. he fails <laughs> 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 All right, so Samwise is our heart, uh, and that is my capacity of Lord of the Rings characters on my team. So for my fighter, I'm going to pick... Uh, uh, this is tough. Brienne of Tarth. Brienne of Tarth is my fighter. That's the first one that you've stolen off of off of my list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, Brienne's a good one. Uh, all right. Yeah. And she's not really a cop. She's a knight. So, right. you know, it's different. Sure. <laughs> uh, all right, Dave's up. You've got uh, you've already chosen your wild card and your fighter. Where are you going next? Um, I'm going to go to my leader now, and I am going to take um, final season Buffy Summers, who's ah. spread the power around 
and uh, form a team to fight the evil. So bring me some Buffy Summers for my leader. Hopefully she could keep Toph and Beetlejuice in line. <laughs> Good luck. Buffy, Buffy had Buffy had a lot of mutinies happening happen against her. Um, Buffy was my was was in my top tier fighter rotation. Buffy is a good, good one to have. Yeah. And Buffy, I mean, we're sure that she's good at killing things that aren't like vampires, right? She's she's skilled at killing other monsters. She's yeah. uh, thus far defeated, you know, the vampire takeover of her hometown. And so I'm going to put her in the leader slot because uh, she could let the other people do the fighting if she absolutely needs to. She conquered a god, Glory, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The first evil. Um, yeah she's done she's done a lot of she's conquered a lot of things that aren't vampires nice all right i guess that brings it to my last two picks in a row i need what a fighter and still have a wild card uh saved a good one for this wild card but let's start with the fighter i am going uh into comic book fantasy worlds and i'm i'm taking hellboy as my fighter (laughs) because uh, listen, he's very strong. He resembles Papa Ron. Uh, <laughs> he has a giant hand. He has a connection to hell. And uh, he's got a big-ass gun and a really, really surly disposition, which I think could be helpful, right? You want someone who's a bit of a cynic on your team, who's looking at... Chaotic. I know. I <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't even got Imagine Galadriel, part. that Galadriel trying to keep Hellboy in line. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, she just has <laughs> well, to like Gandalf bring off the white is just around. like, Gan- yeah, the white is just like confused <laughs> and like busy flat ironing his hair. <laughs> There's a younger version of Galadriel <laughs> who I know has her older version, and here's a hell gentleman. <laughs> Yeah, it would be a lot of fun, is what I'm saying. Uh, so Hellboy is my fighter. And then for my wild card, I thought about my team. And I thought, you know, we've got really solid leadership from Galadriel. We've got, uh, obviously can take down any size monster with Hellboy. And uh, I was like, but what about getting around? How are they going to travel? Wouldn't it be great mm. if Y yep, Wildcard yep. was also a mode of travel? <laughs> and then I thought, shit, what if I also had uh, a wildcard, which was an extremely large, mostly mostly controllable method of transportation and destruction? Someone experienced in both conquering and committing war crimes. Someone with the oh, biggest no. grandma energy. Wow. Vega wow, no. from wow. House of the Dragon. <laughs> So now I have my team, <laughs> Galadriel. Beetlejuice seems so much tamer now. Galadriel, Gandalf, and Hellboy riding around. So yeah, are you sure you aren't building like a villain team here? I mean, secret villain team. I am preparing a team that is ready for anything. I think your team is going to end up like completely rendering the countryside to ash. I think that's what you're. Well, we would get rid of evil that way. (laughs) (laughs) So there you have it. My team is now fully formed. Well, now I have a question for Joanna because my this might change my my final magic user spot. How many bonus points is fuckable worth? (laughs) (laughs) Carlos, how many bonus points is fuckable worth? (laughs) 
a solid three. Just oh, solid three. Three, three Carlos points for your fuckable sure. team. And listen, leaving the literal child that is young Toph aside, and right. also Beetlejuice, you really only have Sarah Michelle Geller in her albeit a WB Prime. So, you know. Right. So I was going to pick the uh, very small uh, old force user who is Yoda. But if I get extra points for fuckable, I believe, thank you, Netflix, I could select Dream of the Endless for my magic user. You can. Oh, all right. That's true. All right. Sexy Sandman. Sexy Sandman. (laughs) Is Is he wearing his robes? Or is he in the glass orb fully started? I think he's wearing his robes, but he refuses to let the robe cross over itself right until the belt area. So just chest oh, okay. out. Chest. Got it. The full Val Kilmer Mad Mardigan. If you watch that movie, he's like, buttons? What buttons? Um, all right. Dream of the Endless. That's a great uh, upping the sex, sex, the fuckability of your team. Um, I will try to do the same with my final pick which is my magic user. And I cleared this with the co-host beforehand. I am dipping into the world of Marvel to bring you my own chaotic card, the Scarlet Witch. Nice. Wanda Maximoff. And she's fine. She's (laughs) mentally stable and fine. Yeah, I I mean, honestly, that's one of the things you kind of got to worry about with Wanda. (laughs) Is, Is she fine? But let's be clear. Is Dave has liked to point Dave has liked to point out like since we first met her in the MCU, she is way overpowered, overmatched for anyone else because she can just go into your mind and alter reality. So like, what chance do you have if uh, if Wanda's uh, fighting against you? So there you go. Samwise makes a lot more sense now because like she, Scarlet <laughs> yes, Witch is not right? doing the cooking. Yeah, yeah. That's just, well, and honestly, yeah, yeah. I, I can see it with Joanna's team where it's like. Scarlet Witch, super overpowered, but a little chaotic uh, emotionally, but a bunch of other calming influences in Samwise, Brienne, and, and Aragorn. Whereas I think Dave and I are just more like chaos. My, mine is chaos from above. <laughs> Let us no, Vega, about- no! <laughs> oh my god. And who's who do you imagine is trying to control Vagar in this situation? I think Gandalf. You know? He has a lot of experience writing. <laughs> He rides eagles. He speaks a bunch of different languages, so maybe he speaks High Valerian in this scenario. And honestly, if there's anybody that Vagar is going to respect, it's another old person. So (laughs) his worst insult is like "fool." So like I don't know how I don't know how you're getting there, but I'm I'm excited to see this attempt. Um. All right. Uh, Our producer Carlos has suggested that for the sake of the memes, one of us should have picked. Uh, Brand the Broken, because who has a better story it's true. than Brand the Broken? But um, also, we're going on a quest. Who's, I would uh, who's argue, taking care of that? Yeah, and the, I don't I don't have room to also draft Mira Reed to carry <laughs> Brand around. So uh, It's one of those yeah. bonus encounters that you get. Okay, so our teams, I'll read my <laughs> team out. My leader of my team is Aragorn, son of Arathorn, right? Uh, the king who was promised. Uh, Samwise Gamgee is my wild card. He's just keeping everyone chill and happy. And like emo- like cathartic crying will happen. Uh, good cooking will happen. Potatoes, Coney, the brace of Coney's, et cetera. It's all happening. Brienne of Tarth. 
beat the hound in a fight. She rules. She is my fighter, Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, Brand of Tarth, my magic user, kept under control by Aragorn and Samwise working together, Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff. That's my team. Dave, what's your team? My team is led by the Slayer Buffy Summers, who has learned that uh, a diversification of power in a team is really the best thing that you could have going for you at this point, which is why my team has diverse powers with Young Toph, Master uh, uh, Earthbender as my fighter. Uh, I have Dream of the Endless as my magic user who, if you've seen the series, can even take away people's motivations to do whatever they're doing. It's going to be super key whenever we get to the final boss fight. And for my wild card, Beetlejuice, because who doesn't want to dance to some Deo or whatnot uh, as in our time (laughs) off? (laughs) Neil, what is your team is going right into a ditch? Neil, what's your team? (laughs) Well, you know, I drive in a dish. Tops in the ditch. (laughs) I knew we'd probably have plenty of competent teams who could survive just about any adventure. <laughs> but what I'm looking for is a team that when they show up, you know that shit's about to go down and something's about to get messed up. And that is through the leadership of the ever chaotic Second Age Galadriel, <laughs> excellent swimmer, dagger aficionado. And then, of course, our magic eater, Gandalf the White, the secret leader of this squad, who is the writer of our wild card, Vagar. They've formed a wonderful relationship as an elderly couple. And then, of course, when it comes time to punch monsters in the face, you need somebody with a giant hand. And that is Hellboy, our fighter. And so, listen, I, I just I want there to be no doubt that when my team shows up, it's about to go down. <laughs> I think that's what I've accomplished here. Um. All right. Um. Carlos Cherboga, our beloved producer, who gets the three bonus fuckable points of these three teams? Is it a craggy old dragon, <laughs> Beetlejuice, or Vigo Mortensen opening a door sweatily? What do you think? Uh, Joanna, you, you run the, you run the, away with this one. I mean, yeah, the combo of Aragorn you. and Scarlet Witch is just unbeatable. Like, I don't know. What thank you. Sure, it is. It's a really thank handsome you. group. I've also seen uh, all of Wednesday, and uh, listen, Brienne of Charth can be Ooh, can be really Wendell's hot when she wants to. Very be. stylish in that. I was yeah. also this close away from picking uh, Justin the Rat from Secret of Nim as my leader. So. If you if we if the fuckable rat crew is still listening, I was thinking about you. <laughs> Carlos really lucked out. He doesn't have to yet weigh in on the fuckability of rats. <laughs> uh, we have some listener lineups that we're going to talk about, and also some listener uh, honorable mentions. But do we want to do our like backups that sure. aren't on anyone else's list, or do we? Oh, do sure, after yeah. We why talk not? About the listeners? Okay. Why don't you start us off there, Joanna? Oh, um, my alternative leaders were. The Tenth Doctor, played by David Tennant. Nice. Um, or I don't think he's on anyone else's list. Uh, bearded Steve Rogers. No, no, Mad Steve. Sure. Um, <laughs> Rogue Steve. Yeah, it's just it's just Aragorn in another flavor, really. Um, <laughs> fighter. I won't mention the couple that I had that were on other people's lists, but I don't think anyone had Logan. So Logan was one of my alternative fighters. Oh, all right. Uh, Very Scarlet indestructible. Witch, 
Scarlet Witch just did another flavor. Melisandre was one of my backups. <laughs> um, and then Aziraphale from Good Omens. <laughs> it's a demon, but he does magic. It counts. Um, no, sorry. That's an angel does magic. counts. Okay. And then wild card. Oh, Appa. I thought I definitely thought you were about to say Appa before you said Vagar. Um, mm, because yeah. I do think I having a motor wild card list too. Yeah, I think having a mode of transportation on your team is a really good idea. Uh, so good, good job. Uh, <laughs> and then and then Wash. If I didn't get Samwise, I was going to put Wash from Firefly, and that's sort of a similar vibe. The heart of the team: Appa, Samwise, Wash, all like similarly heart focus. Dave, who are your, some of your alternatives? Uh, my alternates for leader were Justin from Secret of Nim and uh, then Optimus Prime, which uh, could have been a mode of transportation if <laughs> yeah. you really needed him to. Uh, my fighter was like overrun with things and I decided to go with Toph because she's by far the most recognizable. But my other fighters were uh, Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII, uh, Grog from season one critical role um the link from the legend of zelda series and uh peter pan himself in case we needed somebody in the air but which like robin williams from hook peter pan or sure yeah i'll take robin williams from hook peter pan let's let's do it bonus encounters yeah (laughs) bangerang oh it should have just been rufio fuck it should have damn it should have been rufio (laughs) sorry it was like (laughs) rufio Rufio, Zuko, and literally anything else that that actor has done. Oppo was my backup wild card. And then my magic user, I was already mentioned Yoda, but then I also had uh, Sirius Black. Mm, Sirius Black is a possibility. I think a lot of my backups were things that y'all may have talked me out of as we were prepping. (laughs) (laughs) In my leader category, I had Korra from Legend of Korra. I mean, she is the Avatar. So, like, she's useful. Um, Sorry, I'm just flashing back to me being like, I would never put Cora right? in charge of the team. Like, well, good thing I have other options here. Yeah. Um, here's another fun one for leader that I almost went with, which is another Lord of the Rings character. It is Treebeard the Ent, because he is extremely old, extremely wise, extremely patient and contemplative. But clearly, that's not the direction I went with my team. Patient and contemplative. Uh, so he was fun. Fighter, uh, you know, I, I mentioned Joanna took Brienne of Tarth right before I would have taken her. She's a great one. But Inigo Montoya was also up there for me. You know, a little, little, if we need, I don't know how much revenge my team's going to need to take. Inigo needs to be properly motivated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, potentially very lazy. Uh, behind Gandalf in my magic category, I had uh, Willow from Willow. Uh, Willow's a great one. Uh, and then Princess Siri from The Witcher, who, mostly because, as far as I know, having watched the show and not played very many of the games, her powers are sort of undefined and may be limitless. So I think that's also pretty helpful of a magic person, is like, we don't, we actually don't know the limits of this person's uh, magical strength. So uh, Princess Siri, very fun. My wild cards, I had Falcor. Falcor lost in just so close to Vagar. Uh, I just I felt like <laughs> we we're gonna have a more violent adventure <laughs> than what Falcor would bring, which seems to be the goal for Team Neil. Yeah, just like I'm yeah. gonna go punch some things in the face. Yeah, and then another one that sort of died on the vine with Treebeard and calmness was uh, Hagrid from Harry Potter as my wild card, as a calming influence on some of the more chaotic, but both as, you know, a calming influence, great for advice, and then honestly, it's just cool to have a big 
big dude around <laughs> to just sort of hang out with. And, you know, Hagrid just seems like he was a good party all the time. So yeah, those are my ones that missed the cut that I don't, some of these came through in our listeners, but a few of those were probably unique. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Speaking of the listeners, let's figure out who's going up against our three chaotic team. Well, Two chaotic teams and Joanna's team. Um, hot team. <laughs> yeah, it's a very hot team. Yeah. Well, Joanna, why don't why don't you go first? Who have you picked? Um. All right. Well, I wanted to go with our listener Brent, uh, who got my heart right away by picking uh, someone from Good Omen. So here's Brent's email. It says, "The perfect fellowship. One boy, one man, one woman, one not a woman, not a robot." So the leader is Adam Young, a.k.a. the Adversary, Destroyer of Kings, Angel of Bottomless Pit, Great Beast, that is called Dragon, Prince of This World, Father of Lies, Spawn of Satan, Antichrist, and the Lord of Darkness, Good Omens, 2019. As an 11-year-old, Adam led his prepubescent gang, known as the Them, to victory against the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, thwarted his biological father, Satan, and prevented Armageddon. He is such a powerful leader that the rest of the gang had to admit to themselves, quote, deep in their hearts... The them knew that they weren't a gang of four. They were a gang of three, which belonged to Adam. But if he wanted excitement and interest and crowded days, then every them would prize a lowly position in Adam's gang above leadership of any gang anywhere, end quote, which is exactly why the rest of our fellowship will follow him anywhere. Number two, fighter, Enigo Montoya. Neil already kind of covered this. Um, yes, we will move on to magic user. The Wicked Witch of the West. Oh. Uh, a perfect combination of power and witch. She can go toe-to-toe with any other magic user and has a wide array of talents to help our group spellcasting, pyrokinesis, flight, teleportation, scrying, which she uses to spy on her enemies with a crystal ball, and animal control, which means she brings her armies of flying monkeys and winky guards with her. Just try to stay out of her way. Just try. And last but not least, wild card, Janet the good place. <laughs> the source of all information, she literally contains all the knowledge in the universe. She's able to instantly retrieve or create any object if we need a place to hide out. She is a boundless void where she can keep us all safe. Add into the mix her incredible physical strength for hand-to-hand combat and the benefits of Janet's walkie-talkie protocol. Most importantly, she is the perfect information officer as she's incapable of revealing what anyone requests of hers. Now, what kind of porn would you like? Um... <laughs> I love this team. I think this is an incredible uh, lineup from Brent. Love it. I love Janet as the wild card. I mean, yeah. Janet's a great pick. It's really fun. I think, you know, uh, 
Inigo Montoya and the Wicked Witch of the West might not get along. But they both love if the Antichrist is in charge. Sure. Just, just <laughs> delegate projects to them, separate projects, and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I would put I would put any three characters, literally any three characters under Adam, and I think they could get because like literally his gang in the book is just like three normal children. And he like basically transforms them into the horsemen of the apocalypse by sheer force of will. So it's really just Adam. <laughs> it's the real power. It's the, it's the, the team, team of one. Leader. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with our listener, Steve, who wrote in, Friends, Romans, countrymen, the unvarnished truth is a simple one. Men running the world has been less than fabulous. Women are, on average, simply better than men. So the team ought to be all ladies, clearly. And then he doesn't have any descriptions of who these people are, but luckily I know, so I could help. Leader, Arwen. This is Arwen from The Lord of the Rings. Fighter, Xena, the warrior princess. Magic user, Maleficent who uh, could turn into a dragon, and as we learned in the Angelina Jolie version, was basically in the right. So that is, like, I grew up thinking of her as a villain, but Maleficent has lots of facets. And wild card is Celine, <gasps> the Death Dealer. This would be from the Underworld franchise, Kate Beckinsale's <laughs> character, who, you know, helps in the ongoing war between vampires and werewolves. All right, this is the most fuckable team. Are you kidding I mean- me? <laughs> It's- Arwen, Zena, Maleficent, and Celine <laughs> from Underworld? It is a pretty fuckable team, I would say. There's a lot of leather and velvet involved in this team. It really is. Um, yeah. I just picture everyone being in awe of Maleficent's like horn uh, headpiece and being like, you know what I was missing? A horn headpiece. Oh my God. <laughs> Imagine them all showing up and their matching horns that they got from Maleficent. Yeah. Team horns. Wild. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that means that uh, it's time for my pick. I have chosen a submission from our listener, Riley. This one does have a little overlap, I've noticed, with uh, one of the teams that we've talked about. But trust me, it'll be worth it. Uh, (laughs) Riley says, I would humbly submit a crew of four battle-tested warriors who know no limits, who will go the distance no matter the cost. The leader, Aragorn, son of Aragorn, Isildur's heir. We've obviously talked about him. Uh, Riley most notably points out that he is a man who can open two doors at once with the best of them. I think that's an important point on Aragorn. Tax policy be damned. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) For a fighter, Riley has chosen Gamora, the most dangerous woman in the galaxy. The daughter of Thanos is merciless on the battlefield. She's an expert in any weapon in the galaxy and once shared a telepathic link with the Mad Titan himself. Good luck winning a fight against... Gamora. But first, you must be able to explain why, Gamora. Uh, (laughs) For for a mage, uh, I I like this one a lot. Riley has chosen Yennefer of Vengeberg from The Witcher. Yen is a dangerous combination, an incredibly powerful sorcerer who is just waiting for an excuse. On top of that, she's been trained to provide counsel for kings since day one. Like Merlin or Gandalf, she's ready to provide wise counsel when it's needed because you can always be charging up to, you can't always be charging up to the Black Gate. That's true. And then finally, as a wild card, a specialist from Riley, John Locke. (laughs) (laughs) I believe we are referring to the character from Lost. Yes, we are. Whatever magic governs the mystic island of Lost, it knew John Locke was special. He's a certified hunter, tracker, and general outdoorsman with a particular connection to the freaky beyond that no one should underestimate. I dare you to tell him what he can't do. So I, (laughs) despite the Aragorn overlap, the John Locke, a really interesting one because 
it is very helpful to have someone around who uh, believes uh, in a lot of fun mystery things and always has a suitcase full of knives on hand. Here's a question to get in the weeds a little bit with you two, my lost experts. If we're not on the island, is it wheelchair-bound, John Locke? Mm. Mm, that's a good question. Know. That that question tastes kind of ableist to me, Dave. <laughs> I mean, it's it, he's got his he's got a suitcase full of knives, but in terms of the confidence that drives Locke that he's right, uh, it is very island-based. Well, let's just assume that this is infused with a conviction of his like specialness. Yeah. yeah. Locke. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could go either way. I'm just wondering. Yeah, how, what, which version we're going this, for. This feels like Island Lock, for sure. Very well. Yeah. Island Lock. Yeah, although this does bring up an interesting question that I debated as I was trying to choose my own picks for this, which is where do you draw the line between fantasy and like science fiction? And I was trying to draw that line as like, to me, fantasy takes place in a world that is not our own. It may be based on our own worlds, right? Different periods of time, but it's not Earth, right? What I think maybe where the John Locke thing sort of crosses into sci-fi is that Lost is about an island that exists in the world that we recognize. So I don't I don't know if it necessarily gets all the way to fantasy for me, but I do love having John Locke on it. There's like <laughs> half of season six I could confidently say is fantasy, but I know, I know what you're, what sure, you're saying. Sure, yeah. Yeah, but it's the reason yeah. why I, I'm not into like I wouldn't include Star Trek characters in a debate like this. I right? mean, that's I mean, I guess that's the question around Janet too. But then Janet exists in a show where there are like demons, so sure. I don't know. Yeah, heaven um, and hell. I, uh, here's what I will say: um, I'm tired of the listeners winning, um, <laughs> and I am unwilling to cede my Aragorn advantage to a listener. So sure, I don't think fair. that Riley Riley should make it into the final. Oh, are you willing to cede your fuckable advantage <laughs> and let yeah. Steven? I would let Steven. Uh, and and I mean, I, Carlos already gave me those points. I don't know that he could take them back for me. Sure. Just like for me anyway. Well, you got um, three points and each person who listens to this podcast can vote three different times. So <laughs> the advantage is so that not math, quite math. what you think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it should be down to Steve or Brent because yeah, I don't want to give up my Aragorn. I I worked hard for my first slot, first choice sure. thing to be number Aragorn, one pick. So. Uh, I I think that seems fair. Um, I also think I prefer Steve's list because I I have a similar feeling about Janet, where it's like, yeah, she's a fantasy character and she's be very useful, but it's not quite in the same neighborhood as Willow, which I think is what I was trying to go for with most of these. I think that's fine. I also think we are setting the listeners up. I don't know about Arwen as a leader. I have to say, I don't know. All I've ever seen her do is like <laughs> recline on a on a couch for the most part, right? She saved Frodo, but like other than that, she doesn't. Well, do and she a thought lot. about whether she wanted to leave or stay for a long time. Yeah, she really she, she thought did, long she did and think hard. About it. She did think about it. Um, and presumably she like co-led with Aragorn once she was queen. So like there's that. You're going to let Steve come up and have the canonical wife of your character leading a separate yeah. party against. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, maybe they're going to find each other. She does need yeah, help but finding magic Aragorn. U- my, my magic user could fuck his magic user up. Maleficent <laughs> against a Scarlet Witch. Uh-uh. Those horns are going down. <laughs> Oh wow! I oh, didn't you know that we were going to be pitting our That's teams cool. against each other. 
<laughs> I can go to your mind. <laughs> Just don't make Sam fight Celine. It won't go well for him. <laughs> <laughs> Sam would Sam would not dare. He wouldn't deign to fight Celine. <laughs> He'd have to find some way around but, it. I will sell tickets for a fight between Xena, Warrior Princess, and Brienne of Tarth. Like, oh yeah, gosh, yeah, <laughs> hell yes, fair enough. So it sounds like joining us in the fourth spot will be Steve with Arwen, Xena, Maleficent, Celine as their four-party team. Team XX, uh, Steve calls them for chromosomes. We know how those work. <laughs> I went to high school. Um. Guys, we also have some some listener uh, special awards that we wanted to give away instead of pretrial dismissals. Obviously, because pretrial dismissals would give things away. Um, who wants to list off these fantastic picks from our fantastic listeners? I can start. I got a couple of these that are super fun. We'll call these. Uh, these are like post-trial dismissals. It's like we love these. <laughs> they didn't quite make it. Uh, a lot of them were themed ones. Like this first one from Grant, who sent in an all Studio Ghibli lineup that I thought was extremely clever. It includes Haku from Spirited Away as the leader, uh, San, San from Princess Mononoke uh, as a fighter, Howl Pendragon from Howl's Moving Castle as the music, uh, or I'm sorry, magical user. And then I think the most inspired part of this is from My Neighbor Totoro, <laughs> Catbus as the wild card. Again. <laughs> Mode of transportation. Mode yeah, of transportation. A real, a real oppa move right there. <laughs> yeah. um, and I also pulled out this one from Warpstone, who uh, wrote in with an all-villainous team. Because <laughs> some people like chaos, as we've learned. Um, but on Warpstone's uh, team, the leader is uh, Rings of Power era Sauron. Sexy Sauron, oh, as he is known. Sexy Sauron who fucks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as a fighter, Warpstone took Sorsha from the Willow movie. So the young, feisty, ready to turn on her mother at the drop of a hat, <laughs> Sorsha. <laughs> <laughs> drop of a wink from Val Kilmer. Literally just sees Val Kilmer once and is like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm on the other team now. <laughs> Um, user of magic. This is one I'm I'm not super familiar with. Mage <laughs> Profion from the Dungeons and Dragons movie from 2000. I just assume Dave would know this. Yeah, yeah. Dave seems to know this. <laughs> yeah, this is you know what, Jeremy Irons, right? Um, he plays a villain uh, in the original Dungeons and Dragons movie, which is bad. It also has uh, Thora Birch as sort of like the good princess. But let me tell you something about Jeremy Irons in this movie. No one told Jeremy Irons he could phone it in like the rest of the cast. He shows up and is basically frothing, like yelling at dragons. And it is Jeremy Irons goes full scar in Dungeons and Dragons. That's uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, and then Warpstone rounds out uh, the team with a wild card, Matt Cawthorn from The Wheel of Time uh, Prime, on Amazon Prime and uh, a series of books, I'm told, The Wheel of Time. I think Matt gets infected by an evil, evil knife. I think that's what happens that's to Matt, the guy. if I recall correctly. Yeah. I have a tough time remembering which characters are which in the, the Wheel of Time. It's been a while. Uh, so pretty solid team. I like the idea of, of having some villains roaming the countryside to meet with our clearly groups of heroes, our teams. Um, those are the ones that I like. Joanna, th- I feel like you pulled this next one, which is a really good one. Uh, I did. <laughs> Megan called her list here, queer, hold my beer. <laughs> Leader, Xena Warrior Princess, Fighter, Korra, Legend of Korra, User of Magic, Elsa from Frozen, and Ooh. Wildcard, Eleanor Shellstrop from The Good Place. So Interesting. 
Yeah, here's our queer queer lady team up. Love it. Sure. For me. Do you how long do you think through the adventure would it take before one of these other characters became tired of Elsa's singing and decided <laughs> that Elsa had to El- go? I mean, Eleanor, Eleanor would be like Eleanor yeah. right away. <laughs> right yeah. away. Right Not even away. through song number one. Just like, oh God, I didn't know there'd be singing on this. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Cora would be the last one to break on that front, but she would break eventually. Um so that's a good one. And then I and then I have a submission for the fuckable team. Excellent. Which is uh from Tori, who throws Winona Earp uh in as a leader, uh Adora, aka Shira, Princess of Power, as our fighter, Margot from the Magicians as our uh, magic user, King Margot, as she became to be known. She only needed one eye to wreck your shit. And then Desire from Sandman as the ultimate uh wild card to keep things chaotic. That is a pretty fuckable team. Yeah, that's a pretty horny team overall. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there were a couple other ones that I thought had some really interesting sort of one-offs in them, including this one from Brandon. Uh, Brandon chose as his leader, Jim Hopper from Stranger Things, and they're notoriously difficult to kill, Jim Hopper. Mm-hmm. Um, for Warrior, Eowyn from Lord of the Rings, Eowyn, who, uh, as you all all recall, is not a man and does kill the Witch King, uh, and it's pretty awesome. Um, for a wild card, we got Roland from the Dark Tower. That's the uh... which is a, a great pick, except he only exists in one movie version that I don't think encompasses what Roland from the Dark Tower is. Sure. So that one could be a better one if they ever make a good Dark Tower movie. Yeah, or <laughs> if we were doing books. <laughs> if I could read. Sure, sure. But then uh, Brandon's choice for mage or magic user was Helena Targaryen. How do we feel about Bizarre bringing choice. in uh, Bizarre Helena? choice, Brandon. <laughs> wild, wild choice. Because here's the deal with Helena. Let's say she does have the sight, which we've decided she does. Is it going to be helpful to you for good old bug babe Helena Targaryen to be like rattling off some vague string of words? You guys are going to have to spend all night around the campfire being like, what the fuck do you think she meant by that? What does she mean? What does she mean? The leaves are moldering. <laughs> the tree is tall. What does that mean? <laughs> Here's the thing that sort of makes this team hang together. Uh, Jim Hopper would protect Elena Targaryen until his dying day. That is That's true. true. <clears throat> he would not let anything I just don't bad think Helena is as additive as, uh, like, let's find <laughs> some other, like, you know confused young magic user for Jim to protect, not sure. Elena. Tim wrote in with another lady team that had some uh, people that didn't show up without the worries, so I wanted to highlight that. Uh, leader, leader, he has Galadriel and parentheses third age. So this is our... This is the Kate Blanchett version. This is our Kate Blanchett This is Blanchett not Neil's Galadriel. messy babe Galadriel. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. This is uh, Tar Galadriel, who has, you know, peaked in her career. Uh, for a fighter, he has Zelda which I thought was interesting. Zelda's not a horrible fighter, but there aren't a ton of games where you could fight as her. But that being said, interesting choice. Uh, Wizard, Hermione Granger, makes a lot of sense. And then the wild card, he has L337, which, not to go back to Solo again, but we have to, uh, became the brain of the Millennium Falcon. So uh, (laughs) she gets rescued here uh, and gets to be her own autonomous uh, droids rights self. On Tim's team, at least. Let's put Hermione Grant, like a young Hermione Granger, on Jim Hopper's team and let him protect her. You sure. Know? And she'll yeah. be like really useful, but also, you know, 
vulnerable and in need of protection. Sure. And she'd probably get along great with Eowyn as well, I think. I think so. Yeah. Oh, um, cute. Did we do it, guys? I think we did So it. many teams. Um, I think we did it. Uh, do we need... To- <laughs> Do we need final statements this week or do we just need to everybody? Or Joanna, remind us of who your team is. All right. My team really quickly is in, like incredibly fuckable. Aragorn, my leader, Samwise Gamgee, my wild card, Bran of Darth, my fighter, and Scarlet Witch, my magic user. And Mr. Neil Miller, who's Team Neil? Well, Team Neil is showing up ready to fuck shit up at all times, led by Galadriel from the Second Age, Rings of Power Edition, Gandalf. Uh, any color, but Gandalf the White is the one I like. Hellboy as my fighter. And then, of course, as my wild card, mode of transportation, and a nuclear bomb, Vagar the Dragon from House of the Dragon. And Team Dave is going to take down the Melon Lord with Buffy Summers, <laughs> Dream of the Endless, <laughs> Young Toph from Avatar The Last Airbender, and Beetlejuice from the movie title Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. I got I got a Batman into mine, so everybody look out. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be joining Steve's Arwen, Xena, Maleficent, and Celine, the Death Dealer, and that is going to be your four fantasy fellowships. Just one last quick thing before we go. Our producer, Carlos, a while ago put into the chat that he wanted to nominate Castiel from Supernatural. And I believe that Carlos is trying to win the most fuckable team, just like solo. One solo character. Just one dude. Castiel. Yeah, that would do it. (laughs) Uh, A fallen angel in a trench coat (laughs) in Supernatural. Just by himself. Sure. Well, maybe he'll jump into our Twitter poll and say a like on this tweet is a vote for Castiel's solo team. Uh, you could find our poll for the Ultimate Fantasy Fellowship on TheRinger.com, at Ringer on Twitter, and in the Spotify app where you find Trial by Content. You choose the winners, and we'll announce it next week where we will be debating something else. Neil, where are we going next week? Well, Dave, I'm not sure if you've heard about a little movie called Avatar, The Way of Water. Ooh. And the way this film is made, mostly, mostly through motion capture a cinematic tool that I believe you're familiar with. So we are going to be talking about the best motion capture performance ever in movies or television or even video games. So uh, that will be next week's debate. We will not be drafting motion capture performances. We'll be debating the best one of all time. So make sure you send your choice and a few sentences supporting your pick to trialbycontent at gmail.com. Try not to make it an Andy Circus performance. That would be sure. we, my request. We want unique right? answers. Like, um, I would also yeah. encourage folks who are big video game fans. I know there's some great ones, but please send along uh, like a link to like your favorite cutscene from that person's performance, maybe so that we can just in case we're not familiar with the game. Uh, so again, trial by content at gmail.com, the best motion capture performance ever. And uh, yeah, you can also use that email address to submit uh, suggestions for future debates. We got all kinds of fun ones that we're, we've been talking about. So uh, email us. It'll be great. Until then, it's time for us all to go on a quest. And only one of us has a dragon, so the rest of us are walking. Uh, (laughs) We will see you next week. This episode was produced by Carlos Giraboto.